Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Wedding Wombat. This time on The Wedding Wombat, we're going to talk about whether or not you should change your surname. Now, this is usually a question just for brides. But then it does raise other questions for same-sex couples as to how to navigate the space. And also, should grooms be considering changing their surname? That's what we're going to talk about today on The Wedding Wombat. The Wedding Wombat is an Australian-based wedding podcast to give you ideas, things to consider and interesting perspectives on all things wedding. My name is Margie McCumstey and as a civil celebrant and MC with Metamorphic Ceremonies, I love my job and am passionate about celebrating love in meaningful, memorable and magical ways. I acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Here on The Wedding Wombat, we will sniff out the wedding options, dig out the latest trends, claw out and question traditions to see if they're relevant and burrow down to discover amazing ideas to help you plan your wedding. It really can be fun, real and a true celebration of you and the love you share. So welcome to The Wedding Wombat. It's time for us to chat. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Wedding Wombat. It's Margie here again from Metamorphous Ceremonies and today I thought we'd talk about your surname. So obviously at the end of a wedding I will pronounce the husband, the couple, husband and wife or partners for life or however you'd like me to say it and then normally right at the end of the ceremony I will say please welcome Mr and Mrs and say the new surname that you're going to be sharing together. Uh, But what happens if you don't change your surname? Is that a thing? Is that possible? Is that really a viable option? Well, I read an interesting article. I did share it on the Metamorphous Ceremonies page. And uh, and it's been a bit interesting for people. It was uh, actually put out by HuffPost. And uh, it was a guest writer named Soraya Kishtwari. And... She said it's the title the title of the article is called It's 2020 and I still have to explain why I chose not to take my husband's surname. No man has ever been asked to explain why he should get to keep his surname. So I thought we might explore the article and have a bit of a chat about it. So this is how it goes. Growing up and yearning to fit in as teens often do, I resented my surname. At nine letters long, the South Asian surname I inherited from my father proved too long and difficult to spell, much less pronounced with an anglophone tongue. I longed for the inconspicuous conformity offered by Brown or Smith. It wasn't until age 23, when I set out to visit the land of my father's childhood in Indian-administered Kashmir, that I finally made peace with my surname, through the barrel of a rifle pointed at my face. When partition happened in 1947, my father, along with his siblings and mother, found himself uprooted from his native Kishtwa and separated from family members, including his own father. 
As soon as he was old enough to change his name by deed poll, he renamed himself Kishtwari after his beloved land of sapphire and saffron. It was his way of maintaining a tangible link to the home he instinctively knew he'd never be able to return to. Decades later, that decision was to secure my swift release and safe onward journey when a group of armed men, they were clearly not Indian Army officials, at a makeshift roadside checkpoint surrounded our vehicle, forcing us out. Determined to keep outsiders from heading deeper into Kashmir, the bearded men looked through my belongings. I was the only foreigner and woman for evidence I did not belong. The name on my passport was enough to assuage their concerns. Irony of ironies, the surname of the man who was to become my husband in 2012, Faber, was the French equivalent of Smith. I finally had the opportunity to, subs- to substitute my unusual name with something more conventional. However, my misplaced sense of shame had since been replaced with a strong sense of self. I wasn't about to give that up. Instead, I suggested fusing our two surnames to create one long, double-barreled shared identity. The emphasis on shared. If I were expected to take on his name, he could surely expect to take on mine. His response wasn't his finest hour. He laughed. A nervous sort of laugh, swiftly followed by, don't be so ridiculous. My soon-to-be husband's reaction betrayed the disparity in expectations society places on women. It was settled. I would keep my name and he would keep his. Knowing the family history of my surname, perhaps you understand my desire to hang on to it. But what if there was no such story? What if my surname had been Brown or Smith or Faber? What if it was a name like any other that had no particular sentimental value beyond simply being mine and I still wanted to keep it? No man has ever been asked to explain why he should get to keep his surname. So why then should women provide a rationale for keeping theirs? According to a 2011 study, 72% of American adults surveyed said they believe a woman should give up her maiden name upon marriage. Half the respondents agreed that it was a good idea for states to legally require a woman to take her husband's last name. Almost half of those who replied, 46.5%, did not think it was okay for a man to take on his wife's name. Until as late as the 1980s, some states only allowed married women the right to vote if they had changed their surnames. These entrenched views don't just affect women. In 2017, researchers found that people make assumptions about the power dynamics in couples who buck this marital trend. With the men perceived to be more feminine and even disempowered, I'll let my under-the-thumb husband know, (laughs) it comes as no surprise then to learn that a 2018 study revealed that out of 877 heterosexual married men, just 3% had taken their wives' surnames. Across the Western world, women who choose not to take on their husbands' surnames remain very much in the minority. 
Even in Norway, with its strong feminist culture, new brides who keep their surnames make up just 20% of all marriage registrations. Numbers in the United States are similar. In Britain, it's as low as 10%. In our supposedly enlightened times, why do so many women enable this millennia-old patriarchal tradition to endure? Imported from the British, hereditary surnames were originally a French custom that took hold at the time of the Norman Conquest. A woman was, for all intents and purposes, a vassal to be passed on from her father to her husband upon marriage. Hence, the long-standing tradition reenacted at weddings of giving away the bride and cultures in which dowries are still exchanged. Many people wrongly believe that women are expected to change their names as a matter of law when they marry. Until I started contemplating marriage, I had no idea just how relaxed the rules around surnames are. A surname can be kept, hyphenated with a spouse's name, swapped for a spouse's or completely invented. I have noticed an increasing trend of people citing practical reasons for women changing their names. But what could be more practical than changing nothing? Surely getting used to a new identity, changing your ID, including social security, driver's license and passport, as well as asking your workplace to make any relevant changes is the opposite of practical. Assumptions are inevitably made about how to address me. I see no reason to correct people who refer to me as Mrs. Faber. I do, however, take exception to people passing judgment, whether it manifests in a roll of the eyes or a condescending smile. These telltale signs pale in comparison, however, to the reactions I receive when I explain my children carry both their parents' names and that uh mine goes first. I'm not quite sure why, but this seems to be sensitive territory. In my experience, women usually struggle more than men. First, an incredulous look creeps over their faces as the sheer horror of what I have, I have just revealed sinks in. Then the questions come. Why would you do that? How does your husband feel about it? Why is it important to you that your name goes first? Why would you emasculate him? The best I can offer by way of explanation is to answer with a question of my own. Would you ask me those questions if I were a man? When I was pregnant with my twin girls, my husband and I discussed our options. We agreed that they should take both our surnames. With that decided, there was the issue of name order. To help us decide, we conducted a highly controlled experiment, a straw poll of our friends. We asked about a dozen people which sounded better. Faber Kishtwari or Kishtwari Faber. With neither not a valid option, their views were unanimous. Kishtwari Faber. The only people who disagreed with the findings, strangely enough, were my in-laws. This worked for us and others will navigate their own paths differently. But what people often see as obstacles when deciding what to do about names are often easily overcome. Will our girls experience the same discomfort regarding their surnames that I once did over mine? Perhaps, although I suspect having very honest conversations with them might help mitigate that. We chose not to hyphenate their surnames for practical reasons. Should they choose to marry when they grow up, this option offers them maximum flexibility. 
Yes, it means they might decide to shed one of the surnames. They might even decide to shed both. Either way, it will be their fully informed decision to make. For some women, the importance of tradition is reason enough to divest themselves of their names. What is marriage after all, if not the continuation of another tradition, deeply rooted in sexist customs? Yet marriage has evolved so that in many countries, both partners are considered equal and enjoy the same protections. It's time we stopped sleepwalking ourselves into upholding gender biases that do ourselves and our daughters no favours. For anyone currently thinking about marriage and having that debate, asking a man if he is willing to take on his future wife's name could become the new equality litmus test for couples. With whatever your personal views, his reaction will determine just how far his commitment to equality stretches. He might surprise you, or depending on his reaction, you might just surprise yourself. Very interesting article by Soraya Kishtwari, and I really wanted to share it today because I have found as a celebrant that probably the majority of my, uh, my couples, um, especially for my heterosexual couples, do indeed change their surname. And, uh, and that's completely fine. That's their choice. Uh, but I do want to make sure that it is a choice and it's not something that we just automatically assume has to happen. I always said that on the Wedding Wombat we were going to dig away at traditions and really look at what's, what's real and possible. And I guess this is one of those traditions that maybe we do need to question. By no means have all my couples changed their surname and, uh, and some have held on to it. So as you know, we end every episode of The Wedding Wombat with a top five. But today, I thought I'd do two versions of the top five. And I'd play devil's advocate. I'd do the top five reasons to change your name and then the top five reasons to keep your name. So you can make a choice that is empowered by knowledge. So here we are, the top five reasons to change your name. Number one, the immediate understanding that you are a married couple. So obviously, if you have the same surname, you're checking into a hotel, it's pretty obvious that you are a married couple. Number two is that it gives you a connection as family and togetherness by sharing the same name. You're starting a new family together when, once you get married and having the same surname really bonds you and unites you under that one name. Number three, it's an easy way to share a surname with children. So uh, the Kishtwari Fable family have had to navigate their own path. If they had one name, then it's a very easy way for them to share that surname and there's no confusion. Uh, number four, to appease expectations by family and friends. And, uh, and look, you know, some people that isn't going to be important but then for others, when you're getting officially married, you're, fi you're formalising the, the, uh, the union you have as a couple, then the family and friends that you have, um, depending on your culture, your background uh, and the role they play in your lives, can be very, very important to you. And if their expectations are that you are going to be joined under the same surname, then perhaps that is enough reason. And number five is to do with genealogy. 
it's to be able to continue family tree lines cleanly so that when family trees are done they you it can be seen as t- like where the family tree line goes and the surname stays alive but then there's also the top five reasons to keep your name and number one is simply that you like your surname uh you have a um uh, you have a history with that surname. Um, and also if you've lost parents, uh, if parents have died, then you might really feel connected to that parent through that surname. So maybe you don't want to give it up and that's fine. Number two is that you are respected and known with your current surname. So if you have, uh, if you're an academic or uh, you've made great strides in your career um, and you are known with your current surname, then to change your surname means building up your profile and having people understand. And do you really want to go around saying, you know, I'm Robertson Knee Walker so that people know, oh, that's the same person. Uh, Number three is that you don't want to give up your identity. So it's when your surname has become so much part of who you see yourself to be, you've signed your name as that for as long as you've been alive and you don't want to give up your identity. You don't want to separate yourself from the surname that you have always known. Um, The next one is that you are a feminist and you don't see why the woman needs to give up her surname to take on a man's. If you think about if um, with the same-sex couple, um, so say it's a lesbian couple, what surname do they take on? Does one of them go, well, look, my surname isn't any good. I'll go with yours or, oh, look, your surname's better or you're the, you're the uh, stronger alpha female in the, in the relationship. You're, I'll just go with yours. I'm a bit more submissive so I'll just give up mine and we'll go under that. Do they do a double-barreled surname? There's... There's questions there about um, equality and for them to decide, but it's kind of implied that if you're getting married, well, and you're in a heterosexual relationship, then you're just going to have to abandon yours and take on his. And if you don't see the reason why you should do that or why he should expect you to do that, then you really don't need to. So that's number four. Number five, and this is probably in some ways, the most important reason of all is simply because you want to keep your name because you want to stay as you are. And, uh, and yes, look, it, you know, it is a lot of stuff to go through to change your name at the bank and power and all the different things you need to do, um, phone bills, the whole works. I get that. But at the end of the day, you don't need to explain it to anybody You don't need to have a rationale. You don't need to have a top five reasons why to explain to people because you really only need one and that is because you choose not to. Because you choose to stay as you are. And you know what? That's completely fine.
The Wedding Wombat comes out on the 10th, 20th and 30th of each month and you're invited to listen in and share it with your friends. Did you know that a group of wombats is called a wisdom? Subscribe to The Wedding Wombat, leave us a review, or contact me directly with your questions or answers to margie at metamorphous.com.au or message me through Facebook on my page, Metamorphous Ceremonies. My contact details are in the show notes. So today's Wedding Wombat Wisdom, I've taken directly from the talented writer Soraya Kishtwari, who we've read her article today and explored some of the issues behind it. And, uh, and I, I felt it was a really important question that she asked today in her article, and that was, no man has ever been asked to explain why he should get to keep his surname, so why then should women provide a rationale for keeping theirs. I hope today's given you some food for thought and I'll see you next time on The Wedding Wombat. Bye for now friends and I'll chat to you next time on The Wedding Wombat.